Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. And that's where we've just got to almost own our expertise and put something out and think, okay, I've done this, this program, but it is going to evolve. It's going to mature. Right? It's yep. going to get better the more you do it, the more times you deliver your webinar, the more times you deliver your course. You're going to get feedback from your students to say, oh, okay, I need to tweak that a little bit mm-hmm. to create a better product. Okay? Yep. And the one you launch today will look very different from the one you're delivering to your clients in three years' time. Absolutely. A, because you're not the same person that you were three years ago. B, because the world changes, technology changes, ideas change, clients change. There's so many different variables, I guess, that it will evolve. And that's something to embrace, not something to be afraid of. Thought Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they've used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Hey guys, welcome back to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast. I'm your Thursday co-host, Tim Hyde, and of course, I'm as always joined by the inspiring Samantha Riley inspiring that's so lovely Tim I appreciate you I do I love out there I love our Thursday podcast together it's one of the highlights of my week what I love about this is that people get to listen to the you know 30 40 minutes where we're delivering our unique take on things but we actually managed to create all sorts of things before and after the podcast that's what I love about it too absolutely now so good um, we got some some good stuff planned for you today, and particularly around how to design a program, which of course we've been going through recently with the Knowledge Business Launch form, Formula. Mm. It's a bit of a joint our first joint venture together, actually. Yeah, probably not. This is the first one we've done together, but first one we've actually delivered in a commercial sense together is the Knowledge Business Launch Formula. I'm going to unpack that a bit later in the show, but one question I wanted to share with our audience today where I see a lot of people kind of miss opportunities mm-hmm. is a question that I got and I can't recall who it was from now. So that's very bad of me. But nonetheless, the question was, I have a subscribe button on my website, but no subscribers help. Okay. Look, this is one I see a lot of. Um, and I want you to kind of think about if you're putting a subscribe button and the whole idea of a website, a website's not necessarily to sell anything. The website is there to start to exchange value, right? You want to turn traffic into an email address. That's the first and only purpose that your website website should do. Now, most mm-hmm. people put a subscribe button 
or that contact form. But we've got to remember that most of the people who come to your site are not yet ready to take that much of a leap with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I see, you know, subscribe to our newsletter stuff all the time. And the reason that's not working is for the same reason that you wouldn't give your email address to someone else when you see the subscribe button asking the same thing on their, their website. The exchange of value just isn't there. Mm-hmm. You value space in your inbox. But without knowing what you're going to get in exchange for that, I know, do we still have lay-bys? It's a bit like going and getting a lay-by, handing over a bunch of money, but not, not knowing whether you're going to get something you like, whether it's going to fit or how much it's going to cost you. Totally. Totally. So the reason your subscribe button isn't working right now is because you're not offering enough value in exchange for the email address that you want to get from your potential prospect. I think that it's really important to remember that we've got people that are, when they arrive at your website, they're at different stages of the customer journey. Uh, You've got people that are coming there that are super cold. They've never been on your website before. So what are you going to offer them that is super low, what's the word? Barrier to entry. Thank you. Something, you know, something like your, your free resource or your lead magnet. Then you may have people that have downloaded that and they might want to learn more. That's usually some sort of link to a webinar or somewhere where they can you know, maybe get some extra training. And then you've got people that have been to you before, have got all of that. They're super hot. Uh, and they want to actually get more information to work with you. So they may be looking to book a call with you or, you know, to join your program. And you need to make sure that you offer all three of those offers on your website because you don't know where people are or where they've come from. There we go. So that question was actually from Steph. I went and looked her up. So Steph uh, Gobrail. I think so. Hopefully I got that name, your pronunciation of your name right, Steph. But, uh, but great question. And, Thank and you so much, Steph, for asking. If you want to connect with me, Tim Hyde, head over to winmoreclients.com.au forward slash connect. Or if you'd like to connect with Samantha Riley, you can find her at samanthariley.global forward slash connect. Okay. Uh, so, Sam, like designing a program. Absolutely. I, we've been having a lot of fun with our guys designing their program in our in our Knowledge Business Launch Formula. They've all signed up to work with us to design, build and launch their online program in 30 days. And a lot of them didn't even know what their program was going to be. And actually, I think the majority of them, which was probably the best place to be because the people that came and went, this is exactly what I want to do, hadn't really pulled apart why that maybe wasn't the best thing to launch at a specific time, whether it was a specific time in the economy or a specific time of the year in relation to seasons or a specific, um, you know, place within their business model. So I think that we need to, I think there's five things that you need to look at before you design your program and also to think about before you decide how you're going to deliver it. And these are some things that we're going to talk about that I hadn't heard before we started talking about them. Yeah, I know we had one of our students launch in effectively in 21 days mm-hmm. last night with their first conversion event, their webinar, which was super exciting uh, for them and, and, and seeing how they can do it. But I think this whole idea of kind of launching this program within 30 days might seem, oh, my God, how on earth am I going to do this? 30 days is not a very long time. Uh-huh. Surely I need this massive team and infrastructure and all this sort of knowledge. But I think as you say, Sam, 
sometimes all that preconception actually gets in our way of our creativity. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've tried to, in, in this episode, we're going to sort of unpack some of the steps that we've, we go through when we do it, but also some of the things that we've observed other people where people go right and wrong. Mm. And yeah, the first of those is actually kind of just really reverse engineering where it fits into your whole business, isn't it? Absolutely. And not just in your whole business, but your lifestyle as well. Like what is it that you want your life to look like? If you want to be working, you know, not very many hours working within school hours, you don't want to create a business model that has you flying all around the world and never at home. So I think that this is a piece that so many people miss is what do you want your life to look like? Because don't even start to think about what the business model needs to look like first because you could become very unstuck and very upset down the track if you're you're feeling like you're working too hard or you know you're grinding away. So what is it that you want your lifestyle to look like? And then once you know what that what you want that to look like, then you can start to unpack well, what does the business model look like? Yeah, I totally agree with you, Sam. I think this is one of the things that people really overlook when we go into business. Um, often the kind of internal dialogue is, you know, I could do this better than my boss <laughs> or I don't want to have a boss anymore. I want to be my own boss. You know, I want to be this, this buy into this entrepreneurship sort of thing. And this question is really not only just your individual product or service that you might be delivering or one of your products or services, but also that bigger question about, as you say, what that lifestyle is going to look like. Mm. How is that going to, how is that going to do it? If I want to, um, you know, make a million dollars a year, but only work 20 hours a week, you know, for, for 20 weeks a year, my business is going to look very, very different mm from someone who's working 50 hours a week and has a team of people backing them up. So we need to kind of look at that and really reverse engineer it. One of my big takeaways when I made the the transition out of my day job, I remember at the time I had been reading The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Such a good book, such a good book. Another Tim, clearly a genius as well. (laughs) That must be the name. (laughs) Um, But... And, and and if you haven't read the four hour work week, we both recommend you go and grab a copy right now and, and have a read of it. One of the things he talks about in that is, is certainly, you know, how to make yourself redundant, how to improve your productivity at work so that you can make this transition out of the traditional workplace and, and potentially make income via other methods. And he, he talks about, you know, you can drop ship shirts, I think is one example. Mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. And, and gives you some really step-by-step stuff. But my bigger takeaway from the book than the, the particular methods was that we often find ourselves um, designing our lifestyle around our work mm-hmm. and not our work around our lifestyle. 100%. 100%. Um, and there's something that you said there that people may have picked up on and, and you probably didn't even realise you said it. You said if you want to have a million-dollar business and work only 20 hours a week and 20 weeks a year. I just want to chime in here and say, if that's what you want to do, if you know that right from the beginning, it's it's very, very likely to happen because all the decisions you make right from day one will have that in mind and it is possible and it is more than possible. I've, I've done it on three hours a week, 40 weeks a year. So completely possible. Yeah, but it does mean you have to go, okay, what is the thing I'm going to deliver? What is the value that I can deliver that in that case is worth two and a half thousand dollars an hour? And if you've got a, you know, when it comes to pricing your product and your, your service, 
if you know that you want to deliver it one-on-one and the market really only commands $300 an hour, one of those three equations needs to break, right? It's either going to the amount you make, <laughs> the number of hours per week you work or the number of weeks you work. Mm. Right? So we need to kind of keep that bigger picture in mind when we're designing a program. What's the outcome we're going to create from that? Absolutely. Yep. So you definitely need to know what you want from your life or how your business fits into your life so that you can reverse engineer it right back to day one and then start on the right foot. Okay. Number two, let's look at, at, I guess, the specifics around one program within the bigger business. Because we're not really talking about what might be, I guess, if you're starting out, it might be your entire program, but more often than not, it's just one part of a bigger picture, isn't it? Absolutely. And this is something that has um, been really interesting to watch the the light bulb moments or the aha moments with our clients as they're saying, well, this is what I want to create. And we're saying, well, well how does this work? Is there something that comes before this? Is there uh, you know, a high ticket item or some sort of coaching program or a mastermind that comes off the back? How does this work within your whole business model? And it's been so um, fantastic to watch everyone realize that they're not just creating this one thing in isolation, they're creating this one thing and focusing purely on creating this one thing right now, but understanding how it fits in the bigger picture. Yeah, it's not just the, it's not just the forever course, right? There is no. no such thing as the forever course. Right, or for the or the forever program, which encapsulates absolutely everything. Um, I don't know if you've heard this saying, Sam, but it's, you know, what's that? The best way to eat an elephant is one spoon at a time. Yeah, I don't particularly. I, I personally don't like that one, but, but I, I, know, get, but I get the as, idea of it. As a as a sort of concept, we often think that we need to design the whole elephant. Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 the reality is sometimes we just need our customer where they are just needs that first bite. Mm-hmm. What's that first step that they need to take and designing a deliverable around that first step rather than doing everything. And it actually makes it easier for your customer to come on board. In that though, sometimes I recommend that people don't design their first step first. So th- this again is knowing what you want and what you want your income to be because I have designed first step firsts and rolled that out. I have also at different times rolled out a high ticket item first and worked backwards. So you need to kind of know what you feel comfortable with, how much time you want to put in, what is the income that you want. You need to know so many things to be able to pull that together. So don't necessarily think that you're always creating the first step or the next step. You don't need to. It doesn't need to be rolled out in order, but you do need to have some sort of idea of what you want that business model to look like not necessarily with specifics, but at least who it's for and the outcomes that you want them to get. Yeah, but I think also I think that that's really important to look at what those stepping stones are mm-hmm. and how do these things all relate to each other. Absolutely, because if they don't relate, you're constantly marketing to new, uh, new demographics or new ideal client avatars rather than knowing this is my ideal client and they're going to come in at different stages. Yeah, I'm a terrible podcaster because I gesture so much. Well, I think we've both been doing that thing. <laughs> you guys can't see this, but we talk. It's like it. the Italian <laughs> version. <laughs> I'm, we're just embracing our inner Italian. It's we're getting passionate like, about this conversation. Can you see me pointing at the screen right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's talk about one of the things that you and I are both are real fan of in terms of how we then deliver it, right? So we've, we've, we've sort of reverse engineered what we on our lifestyle and our business model to be. We've recognised that there are 
a number of components that goes up to actually delivering what it is that we do for our client and they have a relationship with each other. But let's talk about, I guess, creating a hybrid model because this is something that you and I do quite a lot when we Mm -hmm. do our design and find that one of the most effective ways of actually transitioning that knowledge to our clients. Absolutely. I'm a massive fan of the hybrid model. I remember probably about four years ago, I was in a panel at a conference and we were talking about online courses. And I was, uh, at the time, I said that I don't deliver my online courses purely in recorded trainings, that I deliver them where clients come onto a call live. And I remember at the time, everyone's like, really? You can do that? What are you talking about? (laughs) And, And I love to facilitate a training where my clients can ask questions, where they can try things, where they can ask clarifications. It's still online, but it's a live online rather than a self-paced learning. And I know that because that's my zone of genius and that's the way that I like to work, that I will often create sort of training in, in in my trainings. And it's exactly what we're doing now with our Knowledge Business Launch Formula. We're meeting with our clients online, but in real time, three times a week. So we're doing, you know, in live sprints, us answering questions on the spot. And I think that this is something that a lot of people miss. Mm. I mean, mean, if we look at the different models, there's certainly the self-paced pre-recorded trainings, et cetera. And and that's what a lot of people are familiar with when we think online courses, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. sign up, instant access, it's going to be delivered through a Kajabi or a Thinkific or a, or a something. And, you know, you can sort of click module one, then go to module two, module three, module four. And that's fantastic. But we know that the conversion, the close or the completion rates on those courses tend to be very low. It's about 97% of people that purchase an online program don't complete it. Which is insane. Right? It's woeful. <laughs> it's, and, and I think for someone or for, for you and I, we both highly value our clients' getting success like we're not about just we don't care we're just in it for the money it's not about that at all it's about we want to make sure that our clients are successful so that doesn't necessarily work for us yeah like obviously it helps with testimonials and and referrals as well but you know that that online thing and there are methods that you can use to kind of increase the conversion rate but Mm -hmm. if you do get if you do find with the self-paced learning if you lose somebody at module two and by you know week six, they should be at module six and they're still struggling with module two when you've sort of just compounded this learning. You're actually just putting them further and further behind. Absolutely. So that's one model. The other end of the scale is obviously the one-to-one. Right? And mm-hmm. the one-to-one tends to be your higher ticket activity mm-hmm. because your time is limited. There's only so many hours. You cannot create more of them. Mm-hmm. You can leverage those hours by teaching other people to deliver your stuff. Absolutely. That's another model. Hybrid is a little bit in between where we do a little bit of group and a little bit of self-paced learning and or sort of, you know, here's a template to fill out, isn't it? Absolutely. So I've got a a model called the program matrix and I love to take clients through this. There's three different components that you need to take a look at to include within your program. The first piece is the content. So this is the reason that people come to you. This is the, the actual learning. It's the education piece. So how are you going to deliver that content? Is it one on one coaching? Is it online learning? Is it group? Is it, you know, what is it? But it's the, it's the essentially the education piece. So yeah. you need to include one of those pieces. The second piece is the coaching. This is the, the piece of your program that will deliver the transformation. Uh, so this can be, you know, Q&A calls. It can be 
again, one-on-one or, or some sort of coach that it might not even necessarily be you. It might be another coach within your program, but it's the, it's the piece that will specifically help your client to take that content and, and achieve the transformation. And the third piece is community. And as we all know, whenever we're going through something new, there's always challenges, there's always roadblocks, there's always times of pure excitement and elation as we get a win. And we want to be surrounded by other people that are on that journey with us. So we need to create some sort of community because that's why our clients stay with us. So whether that's a Facebook group or whether it's you know online in-person programs or conferences, but I suggest that when you're sitting down to create your hybrid model, that you think, what is the content? portion that I'm going to include? What is the coaching portion that I'm going to include? And what is the community portion I'm going to include? If you bring those three pieces together, you'll create a beautiful hybrid uh, program that works specifically for you and the outcomes that you want your clients. For me, I really love the community aspect of that. Me too. We often forget that component. Mm -hmm. And that's often what keeps people in your programs a lot Mm -hmm. longer than would otherwise be right because that's that, that shared experience and i think certainly when we start out um we we're very afraid of going oh my god can i go from this one-to-one to this group environment where people might be at different sort of different stages that's totally okay and then we've got certainly in, in the knowledge business launch formula we've got some people who are sort of at you know that the different sort of points of their journey mm-hmm. um often we're finding i think that the ones that might and face value appear further ahead are actually further behind. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been really interesting. And you know what I've loved the most about taking our clients through this? Because we are meeting, you know, essentially in person or in real time three times a week, the community aspect is really tight. You know, as we had our first clients launch their webinar last night, or we're calling this webinar week, you know, all our clients are launching this week. The camaraderie within the community has been fantastic. Everyone's cheering each other on. Everyone's supporting each other. They're, you know, some of them are even helping out on each other's, you know, uh, at the back end of their webinars and helping out with the admin. So it's been really amazing. And I think that that's been, the, you know, the really important piece to, to bring it all together for them as they're going through something that is quite challenging for them because it's so new. Yep. Okay. So that's that's the real meat of designing your program, but probably one of the most important parts is step four, and that's actually executing. Yeah. And, and right. we both did have a little giggle then, but how many people do we see, um, and, and we're not talking our clients, just, just general people in the Facebookosphere that are always talking about, I've got this idea and it's going to change the world and we've got this thing and it's going to be amazing. And three years down the track, they're still on the banging on about this thing that's never seen the light of day. I've never heard this Facebook sphere. <laughs> I just made it up then. I and like, I've I like in linked interface. Yeah. <laughs> in Twitbook. In Twitbook. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. The, the, the whole thing, and I don't know who I was talking to the other day, but they had a, a plaque on the wall behind behind their desk and it says, you know, action trumps everything. Mm-hmm. Right? If we just take action, no matter how bad we think our course is, no matter how perfect we want to create it, if we put it out there and no one buys it, we now know. If we put mm-hmm. it out there and someone does buy it, great. Mm-hmm. What's the next action we need to take? Absolutely. And, you know, if you put it out there and one person buys it, what can you do in quick succession to make sure you're launching with three, four, five people? Just keep going over and over. Keep that absolute focus on what did work 
what didn't work and just keep tweaking those. You had a saying around this, Tim. I did. Look, word of caution, you cannot run two marathons in opposite directions at the same time. I'd never heard this and I thought like you just, I was just like, yes, that is brilliant. <laughs> so brilliant. But how many times do we see people doing that? Yeah, and you can't. You sort of, I think that's one of the reasons we see so many businesses, uh, I'm going to, dare I say it, fail mm. um, in the first couple of years. It's not just not knowing what to do. It's we try to do too many things and never finish any of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And, and if you're going to go down this path and say, I'm going to develop a new program, go down this path until it's finished and launched. Mm-hmm. There's no point creating something and then never taking it to market. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, being, you know, almost to the end and going, oh, I've got a better idea. There's another shiny bauble. Or the, mm-hmm. right? You've got to get to the point where you're launching and taking it out to, out to market. Absolutely. I actually have just thought of a caveat, and we didn't discuss this before, but I'm going to throw it out there, that I think that when you're at brand new in your business journey, that it isn't, I wouldn't let it stop you if you have an idea and it's not quite in line with what you've been doing and you just want to, and you want to launch something to see if it sticks because it could change your path a little bit and steer you in a better direction. So there's always a gray area, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yep. As a general rule, stick at it until it launches. Yep. Okay. Last but not least, and this is why you want to stick at it uh, until it launches. And that's um, because really everything's an evolution. Mm-hmm. Right? Your business what today will not resemble what it'll look like in five or 10 years' time. Absolutely. Right? And, and even your courses, what people will buy today isn't necessarily what people will buy tomorrow. Right? So, again, I think this, this is this, uh, you know, this play on in this imposter syndrome that we often have as, as business owners. We don't think we're good enough. All of our students have had the same sort of mm-hmm. challenge at some point. They go, no, I don't think this is good enough. I don't mm-hmm. think I know enough. I don't think my audience is big enough. Who am I to, to be the expert and, mm-hmm. and you know, hold the microphone here? But the reality is that you are in your space. I mean, even our students in what they do are far greater experts at what they do than, than we will ever be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's quite intriguing that so many of them have said, oh, I, I don't know. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I look at them and think, wow, you are just, you know so much about your topic. Um, yeah. And Helen and Bron, who launched last night, you know, they, we use them as a good example. I mean, Helen and Bron run a, a small holding in Braidwood, New South Wales. Um, and, you know, for the last 35 years, they've produced four tonnes of food out of their garden every single year. I can't even imagine how much that is. It looks, well, it looks amazing. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely incredible. All year round they're producing food and, and, and stuff for their local community and, and their sort of their farm door and, and, and that sort of stuff as well. But, you know, I can't, I don't even know, like a tonne of food looks like, let alone four tonnes. I don't know how much I eat a year. But that just sounds to me like an incredibly huge amount. And that, you know, in, in terms of their expertise compared to my expertise in growing food, they know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm an absolute rookie in that space. Absolutely. Um, and that's where we've just got to almost own our expertise and put something out and think, okay, I'm, I've done this, this program, but it is going to evolve. It's going to mature. 
right? It's yeah. going to get better the more you do it, the more times you deliver your webinar, the more times you deliver your course. You're going to get feedback from your students to say, oh, okay, I need to tweak that a little bit mm-hmm. to create a better product, okay? And yeah. the one you launch today will look very different from the one you're delivering to your clients in three years' time. Absolutely. A, because you're not the same person that you were three years ago. B, because the world changes, technology changes, ideas change, clients change. There's so many different variables, I guess, that it will evolve and that's something to embrace, not something to be afraid of. Absolutely. Okay, so let's quickly recap over those. First one is obviously to reverse engineer what you want the business and lifestyle to look like. Number two is actually looking in your zone of genius and what is your unique delivery model. Um, we both love number three, which is delivering via hybrid. Um, mm-hmm. That really allows you to kind of create things as you go in response to your students. Right? And something that yeah. lights you up is something that we didn't say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four, I execute it until such time as we actually finish it and get around and then, and then evolve from there, number five. Absolutely. What's your biggest takeaway from going through this process with our students or our clients over the last month, Tim? Uh, great question. I think, you know, the interaction, certainly there's, I guess we've had this opportunity not just to teach our expertise, expertise, but, you know, really act in this facilitator role. Mm. Right? And they've actually started to interact with each other. Um, it's, it's probably been one thing. Certainly uh, we've, we've both noticed that we put in a lot more work than we expected to. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot more. But I think the, the, you know, how they've come together as a community is something that I've actually really enjoyed. Um, mm, mm. And I think I love that too. I love how tight our community is. And that's something that I'm really proud of. But I think my biggest takeaway is people that I looked at and thought, wow, they are just so up there in their expertise. Just, you know, having those moments of them going, oh, am I good enough for this? And, and I think the takeaway from that is that, Others always see so much more in us that we do. So it's really important to be surrounded by the right people so that you can step up and do what it is that you're here to to do. Okay. Now, next week, uh, we're going to have a fun episode next week. <laughs> we've, we've titled this one, What is Wrong with My Social Media? I like this. I like this. What's wrong? No one's talking to me. But it is. We, we uh, I think from a social media standpoint, like everyone thinks, yep, got to do the social media. That's an integral part of our marketing these days for our business, whether you're big or small. Um, and it's so accessible to do, you know, to get onto social media now. But um, we see a lot of people getting it wrong and not really generating the results that they want. Mm, absolutely. So, Let's unpack that and have some fun with it. Of course, if you've liked today's episode and you know someone that would get value from this, maybe they're thinking about designing a program, maybe they've already got a a coaching business and you know that that them delivering in a one-to-many model rather than a one-to-one would be helpful for them, we'd love you to share this episode and I'd love you to or we would love you to head into the Thought Leaders Business Lab Community Facebook group and add to the discussion thread for this episode. Fantastic. Thanks, guys, for joining us, Uh, Sam. It's been wonderful to see you again. Thanks so much, Tim. Look forward to seeing you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Ciao, ciao.